I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to The Dive, the podcast that says, who said business news needs to be all business? China has too much debt, has overbuilt infrastructure, has youth unemployment north of 20% and is facing a slow-moving economic crisis as its years of unproductive spending are coming home to roost. That is a sentence you could have read in an economic publication at any time over the past five years. China's collapse has been called before. And over the past few weeks, we saw the latest rounds of dire predictions for the world's second largest economy. There's a laundry list of problems in China. Crisis hit property market, a sharp fall in exports, deflation where prices are falling, and lastly, youth unemployment is skyrocketing. These are tough days in China for many who are young, looking for work and just not finding it. But we wanted to drill down on one part of that story, the youth unemployment in China, because it's stark. And quite frankly, countries don't do well when youth unemployment is so high. It's Monday, the 4th of September, and today I want to know what's happening with China's youth. I'm Sasha Kelly, and today I'm joined by my colleague, the co-founder of Equity Mates, it's Alec Renahan. Alec, welcome to The Dive. Sasha, good to be here. Now, of all the economic indicators we could talk about today, we're talking about youth unemployment because it goes beyond the economy. There's a political dimension to this as well. Yeah, that's right. Since the violent suppression of the student-led movement in 1989, which uh, many of us know of or remember as Tiananmen Square, the Chinese state has struck a basic deal with the Chinese people, but in particular with university graduates as well as sort of intellectuals more broadly. If they stay out of politics, they would be guaranteed a decent job, a comfortable life and uh, importantly, um, you know, an improving living standard over their parents or grandparents. It's the social contract in China is stay out of politics and we will deliver you security and comfort. That's worked well in the 1990s, in the 2000s, even through the turbulence that we lived through with the 2008 global financial crisis uh, and into the 2010s. But That social contract has really started to break down. The previous reality of if you go to college and graduate, you'll get a job that will allow you to live a life better than your parents is increasingly not the case in China. A lot of students are going to college and graduating and not getting a job at all, or they're perhaps getting a job, but the pay and the conditions and the hours mean that they're not able to live a life that matches their aspirations. And so whilst this is an economic challenge, the implications of this challenge go beyond pure numbers. Mm. And it's never a good sign when a government stops publishing a statistic and that's what the Chinese government has recently announced they're going to stop doing 
with the statistic of youth unemployment. That's right. In 2018, China started splitting out and separately reporting its youth unemployment figures, mainly in urban areas. It doesn't currently release data on uh, the employment status of young people in rural areas. But as we said, Sasha, the social contract has been breaking down for a number of years between the Chinese state and its college graduates. This was a sort of a, it was emerging pre-COVID, but it has really accelerated in the past sort of year or two. The youth unemployment rate has been climbing for several months. Uh, There are a number of factors at play here, but at its core, There's just a mismatch between what graduates have been trained to do, what they want to do, and the jobs that are currently available uh, in the Chinese market. The number is north of 20%, as you said. That's more than one in five Chinese youths between the age of 16 and 24 are currently not working or not in school. One in five. It's a pretty phenomenal number. And so then the news of the past few weeks is that the Chinese government has said they're going to suspend publishing the youth unemployment rate. Now, a spokesman for the National Bureau of Statistics said it was about uh, recalibrating the method of calculating unemployment. But as you said, it's never a promising sign when the government decides to stop publishing a statistic. So what is the Chinese people's reaction to this decision to stop publishing these figures? Yeah, the uh, Chinese reaction on social media has not been kind to the government. Mm -hmm. Um, It immediately started trending on the Chinese social media platform Weibo. We've had some commentary on Chinese social media. The first comment says... Is this decision being taken because the number of unemployed is too high in a kind of tongue-in-cheek way? The second says, so should we just shut our eyes for a bit then? And the third says, the unemployment rate is so high, it scared them. Another user posted, as long as I don't announce it, then nobody is unemployed. Yeah, there's, there's been some pretty harsh criticism of the government, both from social media users and also from academics as well. The gloomy prospects have young people seeking solace in online chat groups and, it seems, at temples where they are literally praying for luck. So you've said that the most recent stats were one in five, just north of 20%. Is that accurate of the statistics before they stopped publishing it? So the last official figures that we'll have are from June 2023 and the unemployment rate for 16 to 24-year-olds in urban areas in China stood at 21.3%. Now, that number was the highest since China began publishing the data in 2018. Mm -hmm. Compare that to China's overall unemployment rate. So overall across the economy, 5.3% in July compared to 21.3% for youth unemployment. It is a massive gap. But Mm. the challenge is... There's always, I guess, a question around numbers coming out of authoritarian regimes. And Fortune, the American publication, has suggested that the number is far higher than 21%. In their reporting, they have suggested that it could be as high as 46.5%. So that's almost one in two young people not in education or in a job. One in two is massive and, you know, they've stopped publication because they want to recalibrate, but what if they find out that it's the other way instead of lower? Why would they draw more attention to this stat 
by stopping publishing it. Yeah, it's a real um, Streisand effect moment, isn't it? Now, yeah, yeah. For people who are unfamiliar with the Streisand effect, Barbara Streisand uh, had a clifftop mansion and she didn't want people to know about it. A photographer took some photos of it and published it and then she sued the photographer. The photos themselves when they were published didn't get a lot of attention but when she sued the photographer all of a sudden it had a lot of attention and this is a similar story you know. The youth unemployment story was part of a broad range of economic challenges that China was facing but some may argue that their decision to stop publishing the figure has really shone a spotlight on the figure. Mm. I don't know why the Chinese government would do that, perhaps because the worst is yet to come. And that is really reflected in the massive uptick in university enrolments. University was traditionally a bit of an elite pursuit in China, but between 2012 and 2022, enrolment rates rose from 30% to 59.6%. So more and more young Chinese people were going to college and then graduating out the other side and expecting, you know, better jobs and better opportunities. And those aspirations have really given away to disappointment as the job market has tanked in China. This year, a record 11.58 million graduates are leaving Chinese universities and entering the Chinese job market. And experts are suggesting that is the reason why China may have decided to stop publishing the figure now. Because as a record number of graduates leave university and try and get jobs and are faced with a disappointing job market, that youth unemployment figure might get worse before it gets better. Alec, so we've talked about the number and as someone who graduated university right after the GFC, I sympathise with people in this situation. It's really hard when you're that age and you're looking for work and it's it's tough out there. The natural question from me now is why? Why is youth unemployment so bad? Yeah, so there's three main factors that are being pointed to. The first one we've touched on briefly, the mismatch between expectations and reality because there are a lot of job vacancies in China. That is something worth noting. It's just not the jobs that university graduates want. China's manufacturing industry is still looking for employees. So graduates could go and work in a factory, but that isn't the aspirations that they have and what they've been trained to do. And the industries that have slowed down in China over the past few years are the industries where graduates want to get jobs. It's technology and software, it's biotech, and it's other cutting edge industries. Part of this slowdown has been because of market factors. Part of it has also been because of different sort of export restrictions and, you know, restrictions put on by other countries. But then it's also been Chinese government policies. You know, they have uh, implemented regulations against the major tech companies. They've had a massive crackdown on the video game industry and, you know, how much kids especially can play. They've banned the private tutoring industry or they've restricted it and they've put a ban on foreign investment in the private education industry. So that's led to job cuts. So there are a number of reasons why certain sectors of the Chinese economy have slowed down, but the result of it is the job market in those industries has slowed down as a result. So that's number one, mismatch between the expectations and reality for university graduates. The second factor is working conditions and expectations. Now, Alibaba and Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, have pioneered this 996 movement. And for people unfamiliar, 
that is working from 9am to 9pm, six days a week. That is the expectation in a lot of jobs, especially a lot of really sought after tech jobs in China. And Sasha, I've got a good announcement for you. We are implementing 996 at Equity Mates. <laughs> I was going to say, they wouldn't hack it at Equity Mates if that's like yeah. something you don't want to do. <laughs> but a lot of uh, Chinese graduates and Chinese young people are really rejecting that expectation, that 996 mm. culture and saying, it's not how I want to live my life and it's not how I want to work. Uh, so that's the second reason. And then the third reason is simply pay. A lot of the jobs that are being offered in China just simply don't cover housing costs in major cities. Oh, that doesn't sound familiar at all. Yeah, it doesn't. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there are stories of jobs in uh, Shanghai and Beijing paying like a quarter of a month's rent. So it's just, um, you know, similar story, I guess, to a lot of major cities. Housing costs are just blowing out and a lot of Chinese young people are saying it's not worth it. Well, China's youth aren't taking this lying down. Well, actually, they are. They're fighting back in their own unique way, and we're going to talk about that after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The internet in China has been awash with the phrases Tangping, which means lying flat, and more recently, Bai Lan, which means let it rot. This has coincided with many young people in China becoming increasingly frustrated with both their personal and professional lives. I talk with my friends and they often use that term like Tangping. I really want to lie, lie, lie down and lie flight and I don't want to do my job and don't want to achieve something. It's more like um, people's attitudes towards their life. Welcome back to The Dive. Today we're talking about China's youth unemployment and China's young people are finding back with what's called the lying flat movement. I love this, Alec. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, the lying flat movement or Tang Ping. It is all about living a low desire, more indifferent attitude towards life. It really took off in Chinese social media in 2021 and over the past couple of years, it's grown as it resonates with more and more young Chinese people disillusioned by, I guess, the sort of quote-unquote Chinese dream, which encourages a life of hard work and sacrifice to ultimately achieve a lot of material gains and live a better life than your parents and your grandparents before you. I guess in some ways it's kind of been compared to the Great Resignation, which was the surge of resignations that began in Western countries during COVID. Um, but in China, the past few decades have really been characterised by a bigger and bigger embrace of, I guess, capitalist ideals. And this movement is, I guess, a, a rejection of some of those ideals. Yeah. When I was researching this topic for today, it's um, paired a lot with the quiet quitting movement, which has been really big on TikTok as well. 
How are the Chinese policymakers reacting to this lying down movement? Yeah, not well. Um, <laughs> the Chinese Communist Party has rejected the idea. Internet regulators in China have been ordering platforms to restrict posts with this Tangping label and unsurprisingly Chinese state media have been quite harsh on the movement. One publication published an editorial asserting that lying flat is shameful. Xi Jinping has got involved. Uh, He published an article in a Communist Party journal calling on Chinese people to avoid lying flat. He also then doubled down in May this year. He was quoted on the front page of a Chinese Communist Party newspaper urging young people to, quote, eat bitterness, uh, which is a Mandarin expression that means endure hardship. So he wants people to keep embracing that 996 lifestyle. And the parents of the youth, for want of a better word, are also recognising the challenges. A lot of people are starting to become, quote, full-time children. I mean, I feel like I'm that already, but I can get paid for it now. Yeah, well, Sasha, maybe this is your your dream job. No, I don't. I'm going to be calling my (laughs) mum after this. (laughs) So I think it's not just Chinese young people that are recognising the challenges of the job market and the expectations that come with um, a lot of these jobs that they still can get. A lot of Chinese parents are also recognising that this is a really tough market and the lifestyle and the pay that they're getting perhaps isn't worth it. And Mm -hmm. so we're seeing the emergence of full-time children where parents employ their children, pay their children a salary to be children. Uh, Sorry, I should be clear. They pay their adult university graduate children a salary to be children. This isn't pocket money. This is a job. (laughs) Australia's ABC profiled one Chinese young person, well, not that young, a 31-year-old from Hangzhou in China who had a clothing business that she'd founded. It was a three-year-old clothing business. She decided to pack it up and become a full-time daughter She now spends her days looking after her parents' wants and needs and in return is paid a monthly salary of 8,000 won, which is about uh, 1,600 Aussie dollars. She she told the ABC she now helps her parents with exercise, organises their holidays and provides tech support for her parents. I do all that for free. (laughs) Well, send your parents an invoice after this episode. (laughs) And she's not alone. This isn't an isolated case. On Duban, which is a Chinese forum similar to Reddit, a discussion group called Full-Time Children's Work Exchange Centre has more than 4,000 members. But it's even bigger than that. One of China's most well-known think tanks, the National School of Development of Peking University, suggested that about 16 million Chinese unemployed young people were full-time children. Wow. It's more than half the population of Australia. These numbers are just staggering. Look, Alec, this has been a really interesting conversation because I think there's so many common global trends that China's facing at the moment. It's just interesting how different regions have different trends that emerge in reaction to that. We might leave the conversation there for today. A quick favour I've got to ask you is like, maybe send this to your parents. Maybe encourage them to employ you full time as an adult 
child working for them. But please send the podcast to a friend who you think would enjoy it. It really makes all the difference in terms of getting us in front of new ears. Alec, thanks so much for joining me today for this topic. Good to be here, Sasha. Until next time. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.